Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. We love you. Today is an awesome day. Today we're doing something different. And the Lord told me last Sunday, gave me a verse of scripture, spoke to me last Sunday about this. At the conclusion, I was sitting right here. And I got part of that revelation here when I got in the car going home and, and uh, got a hold of the rest of what he wanted me to do. He said, I want you to do three things, uh, four, th- uh, four things. Get, ask Stephanie Gunn to come and share for a few moments. And so she's coming up. And he said, divine motivation will take place. When she gets through, you get your son up here. He'll give divine inspiration to do something. And then the Spirit of God told me, get Joanne, divine manifestation. And then you bring it up at the end with divine revelation. And so the, so we're, uh, and then uh, the scripture that the Lord gave me is found in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. And so, but I want to read this out of the ERV translation, and it says this. So brothers and sisters, what should you do? When you meet together, well, one person has a song. We had some powerful worship today, and so there one person has a song. And so we completed that fulfilling in scripture, a psalm, a hymn. Another has a teaching. Another has a new truth from God, a revelation. Another speaks in a different language uh, for ecstatic utterance or tongue, and another person interprets that tongue. And the purpose of all things, that we should help the church grow up and the edifying and the building up. Everything that will be accomplished when God spoke to me is for your edification and building up, and for my edification, our building up. And when they speak, it'll edify them and build them up. All of us together should be built up. Nothing in the kingdom is about one person other than Jesus Christ. But for all of us, man, we all got born again with the same name. We all been washed in the same blood, introduced to the same heavenly father by the same Lord Jesus Christ and filled with the same spirit. And we have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling on the inside of us. So let's have church today. And we're going to start with. Uh, with uh, one of our board members, and you know Stephanie, go, why don't she get through? Brent's coming up, no introduction. You know Brent, and he'll be up here. He's, he's the one that looks like me, but taller, handsomer, and with a beard. And then you got my beautiful bride coming up who taught me everything I know. And then, uh, so praise God. Are you ready, Mr. Steph? This is Steph. Let's honor the Lord. Come on. I, um, I told myself not too many y'alls. <laughs> I was here in Southern California all last week, so I wasn't immediately around it. Hi, family. So good to see your faces. And I'm just going to add an extra hallelujah that I wasn't in Texas this past week. Thank you, Jesus. I got to enjoy some sunshine. My mom was maintained, flourished. She uh, thrived through 40 hours of no power and heat. So she is now a Texan. (laughs) Guys, I'm so excited. When Pastor Art asked me last week after I got to share a bit um, for tithe and offering last week, and he asked if I would would just, you know, be a part of this today. And Pastor Art, I'm so thankful. Thank you for trusting me and allowing me to to share today. Guys, I, I love you, and I hope you know how much Pastor Art and Joanne love all of us. And that is only a smidgen of how much God loves us, right? Do y'all know that? Do you know that? (laughs) <laughs> it just comes out. So when Pastor Art and I were talking yesterday, you know, he mentioned divine motivation, divine inspiration. I've been known to be a little energetic. So um, Brett, 
<laughs> Praise God. Brent's, he, when, when my time, thank God for it. Brent told me, he's like, when you're at nine minutes, sister, I'm going to go do off. So I'm going to get right to it. But guys, listen, there's, there's a definition. Do you have your Bibles? Are you ready? You got your Bibles. You got your app, something like that. Okay. So the definition of divine inspiration, this is so cool. It's, um, oh, wait, where is it? <laughs> Which note? Here it is. Inspiration. To fill someone with the urge or ability to do or feel something especially creative. I'm going to say that again. To fill someone with the urge or ability to do or feel something especially creative. What's another name for our father? Creator. Thank you, Suzanne. Creator. We're made in his image. We are also creators. I've heard it said that our speech and our communication are not just for communication, but for creation. Come on. It's for creation. I think so oftentimes we as Christians, we as those who are in the word of faith, we're like, oh, I'm not going to say something wrong. But how about you say something right? Right? Come on. So what are you believing for? Hey, I want that promotion. I want those sales. I want that new house. I want my rent paid for in abundance every month. I don't want to wait till the last minute. Okay? People say, oh, God's never late, but he's always right on time. And they're like, oh, dragging with it. Guys, our God is a God of abundance. If there's anything that I could, like, inspire you to believe today and to encourage and motivate you, believe he's a good God. Believe he wants good for us, every, every stage, every level of our lives. I don't care if you're 10. I don't care if you're 80. I don't care if you're 90. Come on, he wants good for you. We're, the word says in Psalm 1 that we're to flourish. We're like that palm tree by the rivers of living water, flourishing all the days of our lives. <clears throat> Inspire. Create. There it is again. Create. A feeling, especially a positive one, in a person. Guys, we come here every Sunday. Thank God we are essential and we come here every Sunday. And the Bible says as we see the day approaching, more and more encourage one another to be together. Right? To come into the house of God. And I want to encourage you guys, don't just come like, check. Got got that done. Okay, Lord, I went to church. Pastor Art, he seeks the Lord. He seeks his face for us every week, every service. He's there. He's thinking, I know I've come here to church sometimes, and I'm like, Lord, you know X, Y, Z is going on. I need an answer. I need a solution. I need a strategy. How about when I'm leaving here, I've got it. But you have to expect it. Allow me to inspire you to expect it, okay? Because, guys, as we're coming up to this next level, we got to change our way of thinking. We're not going to take new mountains, take new territory with an old way of thinking. God says in Isaiah, he says in Isaiah 5511, let me get it, face ID. (laughs) Isaiah 5511, 55, 5511, Ed Perez. His thoughts are high. Oh, guys, thank you so much. Wow. Okay, that's good. I don't need face ID. No, just kidding. Guys, so that is the scripture. Maybe it goes into, so shall my word be, so shall his word be. We're made in his image. So so shall whose word be? So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. 
it will not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereinto I send it. Guys, that's you. Put your name right there. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereinto I send it. Amen. So guys, when we're asking God for wisdom, he tells us in James, James, what is it, 5-1 or 1-5? Ask him, thank you. Ask him for wisdom and he gives it to us. As he continues to elevate us and to increase us, guess what else he's expanding? He's expanding our vocabulary. He's expanding our capacity. He's expanding our vision. Jabez prayed, oh, that you would bless me indeed and that you would expand my territory, enlarge my territory. Guys, that's for us too. That his hand is with us to keep us from evil. When you're taking new territory, Caleb, he was like, we are well able to take that mountain. Give me my mountain. I hope you guys are saying the same. Let me inspire and encourage you to say the same. What's your mountain? We all have different mountains in our lives that we're about to take. Pastor Art said that we're coming up to the next level. Take that mountain, right? Take that mountain. No fear here. One of, part of our mission statement is to remove fear from accomplishing all that God has called you to do. Not just Pastor Art and Joanne. Not just, not just your neighbor, but you. What has God called you to do? I'm taking my mountain. And I'm not taking old thoughts with me. Jeremiah 30, 17. Jeremiah 30, 17, part of it, and I don't know if it's the NLT. I won't, I won't hold you guys to that. But it says that he, <laughs> he has restored health to me, and he's healed me of all wounds. Amen? Guys, take that as you will. What wounds has he healed you from? What health has he brought back to you? Right? Physically, yes, absolutely, physically, He's, he's restored health to you. Not just where it was, but better than. That's my God. He's better than the original. Okay? So he restores health to you, and he heals you of all your wounds. Guys, there are some people who are emotionally, mentally, physically wounded. Let's not let that be us. If that's us, guys, you're here today. Take that healing. Pastor Art said when we were in that time of praise and worship, Take everything you need from him. Take the healing of those wounds. So then we can heal others with wounds. Guys, the world is the world. Like, let's not expect them to be us. The world is the world, and they need us. They need the light. They need the healing. They need, they need everything that we have to give them. I think I shared it last week at Zechariah 8.13, I believe, um, that says he's made us symbols and sources of the blessing, right? So look at that as like a billboard. You drive by it, you see it. Like, oh, oh, that's what the blessing looks like. And then when the blessing is able to bless you, right, because we're restored to health, because we've been healed of all of our wounds, because we know that he's a good God and he wants to do good for us, in one of the songs it said, this is all for you, I heard him say, no, sweet girl, this is all for you. His love, his power, his presence, his essence is for us. Isn't that awesome, Carrie? 
when, like, guys, that's why I encourage, inspire, motivate you to just dig in. When we're singing those songs, don't just go through the motions. Like, dive in. Dive in. And when you're at home, because I know you guys all worship readily and steadily at home, when you're traveling, when you're in the car, go, and have a, go ahead and have a concert. Um, like, that's, we invoke his presence. And he, he's not just... He's not just wanting it from us, but when he does, you parents in here, when your kids, when they come back to you and they're like, thank you so much, I so appreciate it, you're so great. As parents, what does that do to you? Like, what do you want? Like, whatever, whatever I can do for you, right? My friends and their almost three-year-old were with me yesterday and today, and like, when she would say thank you or, oh, mommy and daddy, Aunt Steph, I just love you, and I was like, whoa, what can I do for you? Like, what? Like, have it all. And... And I know that's what our, our gracious, heavenly, loving Father wants to do for us. So, guys, again, we're going to that next level. How am I doing, Brent? Am I out? <laughs> okay. Let me just give <laughs> Did I not see it? Did I miss a cue? Oh, okay, okay. So, guys, let me just give you some scriptures. Like, these are what I have in front of me all the time. And if you can, like, know them, learn them, meditate on them, like, do it, okay? Okay? Like, I just kept hearing God say, like, let them know how much I love them. And he doesn't want you scraping by, you guys. He's a God of abundance in every good thing. Not only does he have good, he is good. Right? Okay. Third John 2, read it in every translation. Everyone. Got it? Everyone. Psalm 5, 11 and 12. I'm just going to read really fast. Really, 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 really fast. I promise, Brent, I'm done. I was like, Pastor, really you want me to be first? <laughs> um, amplified. But let all those who take refuge and put their trust in you rejoice. I got a few smiles. But let all those who take refuge, again, guys, that's in any which way you need or want it. And put their trust in you. Rejoy. Rejoice. Let them ever sing and shout for joy. Because you make a covering over them and defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you and be in high spirits. I think most of us know verse 12, but you got to do 11 and 12. They're just so good together. Here goes 12. For you, Lord, will bless the uncompromisingly righteous. Him who is upright and in right standing with you. And how did we get there? Anyone? How, did we, how were we made righteous? By faith. In Jesus. Right? It's a gift. It's the gift of righteousness. Okay. That could have gone a lot of places, so I gotcha. Um, for you, Lord, will bless the uncompromisingly righteous. Him who is upright and in right standing with you. As with a shield, you will surround him or her with good pleasure and favor. Guys, a shield. I know all of you have watched those old movies, maybe not old, but like those movies about war when they had the shields and they made like the whole turtle-looking thing of shields so that nothing could penetrate it. Favor. Favor. Look it up. Read about it. Expect it. Speak it. Right? Create. <sighs> all right, guys. I'm about to hand it over, but I am so excited for you. I'm excited for me. I'm excited for everything that God has for us. Let's drop those old mindsets, walk in the healing, the health, the wellness, the, the restored wound, the restored from wounds, souls. 
right? Say some things, create some things, whatever you want. Pastor um, is, is uh, ordained other brother, Jesse Duplantis. This year, what he's saying to us is God saying to us, what do you want? What will you have of me? So don't think small, guys. Don't think small, okay? Say it with me. I won't think small. One more time. I won't think small. Okay, I love you. (laughs) Give it up for Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins in the house. Let him know. Power, power. Um, No, give her a hand. Awesome. She's a little firecracker. Um, Quickly turn with me to... Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. Uh, pastor asked us to minister 10 minutes, and um, he asked me to talk about the, the purpose of the church. And I think it's very important that a lot of us understand what the purpose of the church is. You know, a lot of us think that the church is this building, and, and uh, we come to church, and that's about it. And then we go home to our natural lives, and we do that. But not understanding that the church isn't the building, it's the people. And it doesn't matter where we are, we are still the church. That's why it's important for us to gather and be next to the church and rub up against the church and do work with the church. And that's the people that are in the church, not the, the building. Because so you understand that we can move this location and go to another location and we don't stop being the church. We are still the church no matter where we go. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 says this, For we are God's followers, we are his fellow workers. We are God's fellow workers. We are God's field. We are God's building. Say that with me. We are workers. We are field. And we are builders. And that's not just to one individual person. We are all his fellow workers. We are all the field. We are all the builders. That means we are, we are workers. We have to get, you know what a working, working is? It's, it's an action word. You can't work sitting down. Not unless you're at a desk doing computer work. And this content that I'm talking about, we are workers, meaning that we have to get up and naturally do something. And whatever God has called you to, you said that we are the field, meaning that we need to start to produce something. So we are the building, that we are laying the foundation for others to walk on. I remember Pastor made a statement, he said, our words of faith create the pavement that our life walks on. What are you speaking into your life? I remember uh, uh, Taj, when he was young, there was this movie that was out by Disney, and the movie was called Cars. I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie Cars. Uh, It was uh, this uh, really cool Pixar movie. It's about this one young man named Lightning McQueen. He was the, the hot shot rookie car. He was super shiny and fast, and, and he just thought he knew everything. He was the, the new kid on the block. And the whole movie is about him and all the different things that he goes through. And this Lightning McQueen, he's, he's a race car, and so he's, they, it's, not, it's science fiction, you understand, okay? It's not real. They don't really talk. But in the movie, they have personalities. They talk. And, and the, this rookie, Lightning McQueen, he just thinks he's got it all. He knows everything. He's, he can do it all on, on his own. Sound familiar? Anybody in here? But this, this Lightning McQueen, he's, he, he, he's like, I'm the one on the track. It's all about me. I'm making it work. But his biggest downfall was not understanding that he needed community. 
He, he didn't understand that he needed other people in his life. So he went round and round on the track, but he neglected and didn't understand the importance of the people that were on the side called the pit crew. See, there's this part in the movie where he's going round and round, and they're calling him into the pit crew, his crew is. They're saying, you need to come in. You need to come in. He's like, no, I got this. And he just, he's doing his own thing. And because he didn't come in to get checked out, he ends up crashing and almost destroying his, his, his career as a race car. You see, the church is the pit crew. The church is the see. The pit crew is there to to add gasoline, to change the tires, to check the levels, and and to make sure everything's running right. See, God is saying, "Come into the pit crew. Make sure that you you got things going right in your life. I'm going to fill you up. I'm going to change your tires. I'm going to check things out. And sometimes we're so busy making tracks or making laps around the track, we think I don't got time for it." And God is saying, I've, I've set people in place to be a pit crew, to lift you up, to build you up. And you think you're doing this on your own. You, you think you got it all. You can do it all. My, I, I know how I'm doing this. I've been doing this for years. And God's saying, yeah, but you still need a pit crew. See, you, you, you're, you're missing the fact that this is a community. And, and there's people that are set to help. See, turn with me to uh, Isaiah. Sorry, not Isaiah. Um, Ephesians. Turn with me. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says this. And this is, this is uh, they're, they're talking about the, the gifts and, and what God has placed into the body of Christ. And he says this. And he himself, meaning God, gave to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and here it is, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. But why? Why did he give that? You jump down to verse 14 that says this, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried away by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, and the cunning craftness and deceitful plotting, but speaking truth in love may grow up in all things into him, the head, who is Christ. See, you can't have the, 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 the apostleship, the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers without the fellow workers. Without the people who are the field. You can't have one without the other. If there was apostles, pastors, teachers, but there was no church, what's the point? If there was a body, if there was a building, if there was a field, but there was no apostles, preachers, or teachers, or evangelists, then what's the point? Yeah. It's a community. See, church isn't a clubhouse for the perfect. Church is a shelter for the broken. Jesus said, I didn't come. A, healed, or a healthy person doesn't need a physician. I, I, I've come to help those who are lost. I, I've come to call people into the pit crew and say, hey, you can find refuge here. You can find strength here. You can find deliverance here. You can find health here. Amen. This is where you come for that. And then I can send you back out. See, 
You, you, you mess it up. That You think you're just doing this all on your own. And God is saying, I need to build you up. I need to fill you up. I need to change those tires. I need to check your levels because your levels are a little off. You got a little, your, your wind of doctrines over here. Let me bring you on back. You, you've been on YouTube a little too much. And you're, you're getting some of this, this crazy stuff over here. Let me, let me check your levels. Let me rotate your tires. And I'm going to send you back out there. And you're going to do those laps. And you're going to do them strong. Because this is what's keeping you on the track. This is what's keeping you in the race. This is what will keep you in the fight. God has placed a community. And it's called the church. It says that we're the fellow workers together. We're the field that needs to produce. And we're the builders that need to build his church. And it says the, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why? Because we're stronger together. It's about community, amen? It's you and me working together to get this plan accomplished. And that is God's plan. See, this location is not our destination. It, it, it's a great building, it's been fun while it lasted, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the church that allowed us to, to rent. I'm like, I, like Jesus was just like, let me just rent this tomb. I don't plan on staying here. I don't need to purchase this bill. I don't need to purchase this tomb because I ain't going to use it but for three nights. I'm going to be out in a bit. <laughs> so let me just rent this for a bit and I'm going to give it back. Let me just use this building for a little bit. We're going to do some stuff, but we're going to give it back. This ain't ours. We're the workers. We're the field. And we're the builders. It's not just pastor. It's not just myself. It's not just the board. It's the church, the community. We are stronger together. Amen. Praise God. Here's uh, everyone going to stand up, everybody. As uh, give Pastor Joanne a hand as she comes up. Praise God. Here she is, First Lady. Thank you, Brett. Good word, good word. Praise God. Well, stretch a little. We're uh, halfway there. <laughs> half gone, half, half to go. Okay, praise God. Well, Glory. Well, I'm, I'm going to share about, I'm, I'm not going to move because i got to talk fast. I can't want, I don't know how they can move around and get it all in 10 minutes. So, But I'm going to teach on the power of God in the church. This is so important. We're a spirit-filled church. We do not deny the power of God in this ministry. And that's important. And um, now I'm going to be reading in the Amplified, so if they can switch it. But if not, then you can. It's kind of hard to follow sometimes because it's a little more detailed. But right before Jesus went to glory in heaven, on Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, he spoke words to the disciples. Now, these were not just for them, but these words are for us today. That's Mark 16, 17 and 18. He says, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will, what? Speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. Paul was a witness to that. He picked up a snake and just threw it. It says, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will, what? Get well. This is the commission to the body of Christ, that we are all to partake of these things. And the ones that I believe that I'm going to talk about and is important is 
speaking in tongues, the power of God, bringing the power of God in your life and in your church. So the reason we must speak in tongues regularly is because our heart, which is our spirit man, knows things that our head doesn't know. Whenever you have a question or you need an answer, pray in tongues. Get alone and pray in tongues and seek the wisdom of God. Lord, Holy Spirit, show me. Show me my answer because my head doesn't have it. My head doesn't know the answer. There's been times when I've lost something, and I look high and low and can't find it, and then I just say, the Holy Spirit, show me what I did with that thing or show me where that whatever is, and literally I'll hear it. Look here, and there it is. Yeah, even the little things. One time, I mean, this is serious. I had lost this beautiful gold uh, necklace Art had got me. It had three stones in it. That's how long ago it was. We've been married 46 years, and this was after three years of marriage. So a long time ago. That's how long I've been hearing the Holy Spirit since I've been saved. And this, this I know was the Holy Spirit because I would have never looked here. I said, Holy Spirit, where is my necklace? He said, go under the bed. Pulled out the bed in the very middle of the bottom under the bed. Now, what would a necklace be doing way in the middle under the bed? How would I ever even thought to do that? No. That was important to me. That was gold. It was gold. He'd given it to me. Whatever is important to you is important to God. If there's something you need to know of, you can ask the Holy Spirit and he'll guide and lead you, the Bible says, into all truth. He'll, he'll show you things to come, the Bible says. So I'm going to read this to you in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2 through 5, again, amplify. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people, but to who? God. For no one understands him. Or catches his meaning. But by the Spirit he speaks mysteries, secret truths, hidden things. But on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for edification, to promote their spiritual growth. And speaks words of encouragement to uphold and advise them concerning the matters of God. And speak words of consolation to compassionately comfort them. One who speaks in a tongue edifies what? Himself. But one who prophesies edifies who? The church. It promotes growth in spiritual wisdom, devotion, holiness, and joy. Now, this is Paul speaking. Now, I wish that, you, that all of you spoke in unknown tongues. And that's what we say. We want you all to speak in tongues. Because it edifies yourself. Even more, I wish that you would prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater and more useful than the one who speaks in tongues unless he translates or explains what he says. So that the church may be edified, instructed, improved, and strengthened. And strengthened. Now, we're, and you're saying, well, then why do we speak in tongues in the church? Because we're all doing it together. That's unity. If we're all speaking in tongues and you're not speaking in tongues, then you're the one out of order. See, we're all speaking in tongues. So what, I'm speaking to you. When I speak in tongues, I'm speaking to God. So we're worshiping God. But when a tongue goes forth and an interpretation or a prophet comes forth, we all should be quiet and listen to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. What does it say? Because it's to edify, to instruct, to improve, and strengthen the church. So we need, if we're, we're going to be able to prophesy, we have to first step into praying in tongues. If we don't pray in tongues, we'll never prophesy. If we don't pray in tongues, we'll never lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. We won't operate in the other gifts of the Spirit if we don't. First of all, pray in tongues. Build ourselves up. As we yield to the Spirit of God, we will develop strength over our flesh. The Holy Ghost will keep you from wrong things, habits, thing, you know, addictions. The Holy Spirit will cause you not to partake of those things. He strengthens you and gives you the strength over your flesh and over your mind. 
you know, you have to take gird and take hold of that and say, no, I'm not going to think about that. I'm just going to pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get the wisdom of God. You know what? The Paul says, I pray in tongues more than you all. And how did he know that? I guess it was pretty evident because of the lifestyle, the way he lived. In one, in one scripture in Acts, he, he says, have you all been filled with the Holy Ghost? And they said, we didn't even know that there was such a thing. Well, I, obviously he recognized they didn't pray in tongues. He could see it. He could hear it. And then, then he got them filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's why we, we don't, we, we're not trying to force it. It's not a doctrine that we want to force something on you. We want you to experience the fullness of God, the power of God. And I'm going to give you a, a little truth here. When you get to heaven, you're not going to speak English. I, mean, I know we think it's the language of God, but it's not. Tongues. God's bringing heaven to earth. He's letting you get a glimpse of heaven. What, what you, you see, because in, the, in the heaven, they're, they're, they're not in the flesh. They're in the spirit. But you are a spirit in heaven. So as we have a spirit here, God gives us the ability to pray in his language. How awesome is that? You know, I think that's the most wonderful thing that I received outside of Jesus was when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I have been praying in tongues for 47 years, whatever it's been, 40, 50 years, I don't know. Glory. And I've seen how it has built my spirit man up, my life up, how I've been sensitive to the Holy Spirit because of praying, developing praying in tongues. It's so important. It brings results. So, again, you'll have results in your life depending on what you do. What controls you brings results, whether good or bad. But I'm gonna, I want the Holy Spirit to control me. Uh, and if we don't pray in tongues, we won't develop our spirit man. And we won't be effective in the body of Christ. We won't be sensitive to the voice of God. I want to hear his voice. I want to know his voice. The Bible says the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And a stranger's voice they will not receive. I don't receive the voice of devils or demons. I don't listen. I don't hear. When people say, well, the devil told me this. What are you listening to? A liar. I won't listen to him. I want to hear my father's voice. and, And that's in the spirit. That's in my spirit, man. And you say, well, I don't recognize his voice. It sounds like you. He doesn't speak in a man's voice or something. God, that'd be a demon, you know. Jeez. No, he, I, when, when he speaks to me, it's my voice. It says that, you know, you don't look in the wind and the rain and all the other things to find God. It's the still, small voice of God. Speaking where? To your spirit man, not to your head. You can't figure it out. Listen to your spirit man. Become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And that's why when you come to church, we ought to all have a, a tongue, have a prophecy, have a word, have a song, ha- have something to participate in. We should all pray in the Holy Ghost. So uh, John 14, now this is what Jesus said, uh, another thing he said before he left. And I think if Jesus said it before he left, it's important. It's the last thing he said before he left earth. It's like instructions for glory. John 14, 16 through 17 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. A comforter, comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby. Woo, glory. The Holy Spirit is all those things. To be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. It says, and take to its heart. Why? Because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. Now, let me stop there. This is, Jesus said this before he had left, so they hadn't gone to the upper room. They hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. He says, he'll be 
with you and will continually and will be in you. Well, he's, already, he's not going to be in us. He's in us. We don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit. He's already been given. You just got to receive the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And Pastor Art wrote that song, I'm full. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. We ought to get full. We ought to get, let overflow in the Holy Ghost. And people say, what's so different about you? You can say, it's the Holy Ghost. That's what's different. It just says here that the people of the world, they can't receive him. It says, whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. I know the Holy Spirit. I know his voice. It's the voice of God. The Holy Spirit, in Scripture says, he'll only speak what the Father says. That's his, that's his um, responsibility, or I should say, his, that's his part in the Trinity is to speak to the body of Christ, to direct us. I mean, you could be driving, and then the Holy Spirit said, go right. You don't know why. Just go right. You may be avoiding an accident. He knows what's to come. He's protecting you. He's strengthening you. Don't wait. I know this one time we've told, told the story about Pastor Art and I were in our Volkswagen van, 1974. That's how long ago it was. And we were driving, and the Lord told him, by the Spirit of God, slow down and pull over. He, in the freeway, you know, you're going fast on the freeway, 65 or so. And uh, he didn't pull over, but he slowed down. And this truck in front of us, its tire, extra tire came off and was coming. And if you know a Volkswagen van, there's nothing but a window. There's no engine. There's no hood, nothing. You're just there and you. It was coming right out our window. And I just pointed my hand, my finger, I should say, and said, Jesus. That's all I had time for. That's all you need is the name of Jesus. And that tire literally didn't bounce. It just flew over. And my angel just knocked it over. And it hit the back of our van, and there was a big old dent in the back of our van. We were so excited. But he says, you know, I missed it because I should have pulled over. I didn't, I didn't obey all the way. I heard his voice, but I didn't obey it. Obey exactly what he tells you to do. If he says, stop, stop. If he says, walk, walk. You know, obey the Holy Spirit. We got to the YMCA because we went to see one of his nephews play some game. I just remember. We were so excited. We didn't even have children at the time. We were so excited about what happened. They couldn't understand. It didn't mean anything to them. Our lives were spared. At least mine was. It was coming at me. I mean, can you imagine a tire flying at you? A big Chuck Tire, the impact that would have happened, it would have killed me. But no, the Holy Spirit was protecting me. And even when my husband didn't obey like he should have all the way, at least, praise God, I have the Holy Spirit in me. And I spoke to that thing. See, things bow at the name of Jesus. Whatever, you, you see something, just call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says. You shall be saved, you shall be spared. You shall be healed. Whatever it is, the name of Jesus is the power of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, church, you have the Holy Spirit. So develop the life of the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Every day, get up saying, thank God I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And my last scripture is Jude 120. This is how you develop walking in the Spirit. Jude 120. There's only one chapter. So it's just chapter, chapter 1 or chapter 9. Verse 20. It says, but you, beloved, build yourself up in the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher. Pray what? In the Holy Spirit. 
There is your answer. You some even wondering, wow, I've kind of been missing it. Why have I been like not under nothing's been happening? This hasn't been changing because you're not praying enough in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. You can, you know, you have time alone in the shower, brushing your teeth, combing your hair, getting dressed, watching TV, whatever you're doing. You know, you 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 have time all driving. Pray constantly. That's why Paul says, I pray in tongues more than you all. He could recognize his spiritual strength because he knew he prayed in tongues all the time. So that's what my admonition to the church is, is allow the power of God in you because we want a powerful church where the power of God flows. When people come, demons are cast out. People are healed. Freely you receive, so let's freely give of the the power of God in our lives. Praise God. Let's receive our pastor. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. before you, hands lifted up in holy reverence, anticipating. I, I thank you for health and healing. I thank you for watching over us. I thank you for wealth. I thank you for the words of life that we usher you out of us. And I believe in Jesus' name. I fully believe we'll have the manifestations of it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your holy name. Thank you, Zola Braframanta. We believe in signs and wonders, miracles. Father, we're living in this hour. There's never been an hour where signs and wonders and miracles did not happen. Father, we anticipate, but we walk by faith and not by sight, and therefore we see the invisible do the impossible. Every day is a good day. Every day is a victorious day. Victories in our mouth, victories in our walk. We say so, we have what we say. In Jesus' name, praise God and praise God. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Well, you may be seated. Praise God for the, amen, for the messages that already come. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, and let's look at this for just a moment here. Uh, we are the church of the living God, and uh, as they've been stating it. And so uh, the, the aspect of this, the power of God flows in this. Let me give you these statements real quick, and then I'm going to prove it out by Scripture. Jesus was sent by the Father to redeem us. It's close to that. The Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus to empower us. So Jesus, the Father sent Jesus to redeem us, and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to empower us. So ladies and gentlemen, did Jesus redeem us? We'll say it one more time. Are we redeemed? Did Jesus redeem us? Yes. Did the Holy Spirit come? Yes. Are we empowered? Yes. Praise God for it. Now, Jesus was sent by the Father to restore all to us. Restore all to us. The Holy Spirit was sent to release us with everything we're restored to. So there's a releasing in the power of God. So, And He's released us into new kingdom living. When we were redeemed, we were redeemed out of darkness and we were purchased into the marvelous light. So everything that with darkness has no part of us. Jesus said this in the Gospel of John, Satan had no part of me. I like that. That's my confession. Satan had no part of me. 
We ought to be able to say, since I'm redeemed, Satan has no part of me. And if Satan had no part of me, then anything Satan has, has no part of me. Amen. I have no sin. I have been made the righteousness of God. Praise God. And because I'm the righteousness of God, I've been suited in the body of Christ. I've been made to sit with all of you in heavenly places above all powers and principalities and rulers of darkness. This is not my pastoral mantle. This is a Christian's mantle to be put into the body of Christ of which you and I both are. Amen. So we've been restored. And as, as, as Stephanie said, even better. Even far better. I like what Brother Jerry Savelle said. He restores cars. And he said that when he restored them, he goes, he, he, what he found out that when he would get them, he'd get them all rusted, all damaged. But they were the original car. But he had to get new parts sometimes. So everything about the car he restored was new. The paint was new. The brakes were new. Every, so in his mind, restoration didn't mean just drive it and fix the engine, get rid of the smoke. Everything was new. The upholstery was new. So in his upholstery mind, in his engine mind, in his wheels mind, it's all new. So restoration to God is new creation. Old things passed away and all things become new. You still have the same heart. It's just healed. You still have the same lungs. They're just healed. You still have the same blood, but no disease. You still have the same bones, but no weakness and no frailty and no bitterness. You still have the same mind, but now no crisis. Now, now no pressure. Now no stress. God has restored us to the newness of what he told us to do. Jesus Christ cleanses us. The Father forgives us. The Spirit renews us. Let me say it again. Jesus Christ cleanses us. The Father forgives us. And the Spirit renews us. This is who we are. This is closely to what I said. This is who we, W-E, we, us, are. If it's not us, then we're not part of it. If you are not, listen to me, you cannot say you want to play a professional football on an NFL league, but you don't want to be part of any team. No matter how good you can throw, catch, or run, if you don't want to be a part of a team, you won't be part of the NFL. If you play the tuba, you play great, wonderfully, but if you're not part of an orchestra, you're just sounding off. you got to be part of the whole orchestra. For all of you musicians, you understand that. Now, there's certain instruments that can play by themselves. Acoustic guitar, we get that. But how much fuller with a whole band? How much fuller with an orchestra? Whole different from one voice to a 200-voice choir. Whole different. So you want to be a, a Christian, but I don't want to be part of a church. Then you don't have a father. You're still an orphan. Because with the Father, you're part of a family. And when you're part of a family, then you have a Father image. Because God the Father is not about isolation. He doesn't have just one child. We're all of His children, born of the Spirit of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we, we should be called sons, with a plural, with an S, sons of Almighty God. We are the church, not me, not just you, not just the ushers, not just the sound crew, not just the, all of us are part of the majestic body and plan of Almighty God. Go to Ephesians and look at what this says. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10 through 14. That the dispensation of the fullness of times, he, now he, he who? The Father. 
might gather together all in one in Christ. That is through the anointing. God, now listen, to, let me say it again. In the fullness of times, plural, he might gather together, together. If there's only one, there's no together. So gather together through the dispensation of times. All, gather them all together. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth. How many have loved ones that are already in heaven? They were gathered, they're going to be gathered. Listen, this is exciting. That means that they're not dead. If they're in heaven, you don't gather something dead. They're alive. They may not be here in this natural body, but they are alive. More alive than you and I are right now. Because we still have to work through this flesh. But they now see face to face what we long to see. They've heard pure sounds of God. They've seen angels without having to have a visitation. They are there. They've seen Jesus. They have visited the glory of God. They've been into the great tabernacle where David leads the praise and worship in heaven. They've seen the manifestations. Those that are already in heaven have seen Moses. They've seen Abraham. They've seen Isaac and Jacob. They've talked to Isaiah. They've talked to Jeremiah. They even met Mary. And they met Joseph. And they saw Peter. And they saw, they saw the men and women of God. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Oh, they saw them all. They saw Gideon. These are the ones that are in heaven. We'll be gathered together with them, the scripture said. But while we're on earth, we must pick up the mantle and run the race like they did as well. How? Because of Jesus Christ. In wisdom, verse 11, in whom also we have obtained. Look at that word. We have obtained. Say this out loud. We have obtained. Come on, real loud. We have obtained. We, us, not singular, we. It is our Bible right to say, if I can obtain it, you can obtain it. If you can have it, I can have it. If I can have it, you can have it. That's why I say, you may have not received it right at this moment, something you've been standing in faith for, but don't give up. The fact that you can see one of the local individuals in the body of Christ, that's why it's so important that you and I understand this. That because we can see one individual, get it? I'm in line. I am in line. It's coming in Jesus' name. I, it's coming to my life. I'm next in line. In whom also we've obtained, watch this, an inheritance. An inheritance. We have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. Ladies and gentlemen, the inheritance is different than just you being a privileged child. I was saying this in prayer. It's different than that. We are privileged because of Jesus Christ. We're, because of Jesus, we have certain privileges. That's true. But if all it is a privilege, some people hide behind this sovereignty word because they don't have the real meaning of it. They don't understand the true meaning of sovereignty. God is a sovereign God. But the way it's described from a natural standpoint by the Webster Dictionary and by all kinds of other terminologies, they think that God picks and chooses what He's going to do when He's going to do it. God has done everything He's going to do. And if it was just on God sovereignly, then one time or another we would be privileged to see a manifestation. But with an inheritance, it is ours all the time. It is ours in us, through us, whether you understand it or not. You are an heir of Almighty God, and you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And if it was up to privilege and sovereignty, then it was as God wills. But it is not. It's an inheritance. That means you got to cash the check. That means you got to enter in. That means you got to stand. That means you got to believe that you receive. That means you got to tell that mountain, get out of my way. That means you tell the sickness, no, you would understand. Jesus Christ purchased me on the cross. I am healed. I am delivered. I deserve health. 
because God gave me health. And healing is a process, but I have the health of God already paid. Amen. Now we've obtained inheritance. Watch this. Predestined according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things under the counsel of His will. That we should be, here it comes, watch this, that we should be to the praise of, the glo of glory. Who first it trusted in Christ, in whom also you trusted, watch this, after you heard the word of truth. Faith comes by hearing. And it's very important who you're hearing from. Very important that you hear this. I remember one of, uh, uh, one of our, uh, I'm, I'm going to mention his name, he'll know when I mention this. He said to me, I, I, uh, I was eating ceviche and I got stomach poisoning. I said, oh, he goes, yeah. He goes, that's happened a few times. I go, from the same restaurant? He said, yeah. I said, the first time, that I wouldn't have gone back. He said, yeah, but it's real good. But if it made you sick, it wasn't good. Let me give you some revelation. Don't go back. And if you do go back, don't eat the ceviche. Just a revelation. Simple revelation. So sometimes, God, I need healing. Well, stop going to the restaurant that's feeding you bad words. Stop associating with people with bad words. My, brother, my son mentioned about uh, YouTube. There's all kinds of stuff on there on YouTube. All kinds of stuff going on YouTube about all kinds of doctors, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of teachers doing all kinds of different things. You, listen, just because you go to the market and they got all kinds of stuff in the aisle doesn't mean you have to eat everything. Amen? Where you go to the laundry section, that's not for digestion. It's for cleaning, but not the inside. So you can't digest everything just because it's sold somewhere. Just because it's sold in a Christian bookstore doesn't mean it'll feed your faith. It could absolutely destroy your faith. It'll weaken your faith. It'll cause you to question your pastor. Question your church. Oh yeah, it's true. The gospel, watch this. The gospel of your salvation in whom also you believed. Now watch this. You ready for it? You were sealed, the scripture said. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Wow, isn't that awesome? Watch verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. Now, let me, let me read this real quick out of this translation. Here it is. Uh, this is Ephesians 1, 12 and 13 from the Phillips translation. It said this, and here is the staggering thing that in all which, now watch this, that in all which all, we, all day we belong in him, we've been promised a share since we've been long ago destined for this by the one who achieves his purpose by his will, so that we as first put on our confidence in Christ may bring praise to his glory, and you too trusted in him when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. After you gave your confidence, after you gave your confidence, after you gave your confidence to him, you were so to speak. This is what you do. The moment you receive, how do you know you're confident? Watch what you say. Watch what you say. The church is made up of a congregant of words. Everybody that walks in, walks in with the words they've clothed themselves with. If you're clothed with the garment of praise, it's because praise has been coming out of you. Not because you know the scripture. If you walk in with the fragrance of worship, it's because you've been worshiping. And there's no such thing as silent worship. And when you worship out of your spirit, your emotions get wrapped up in the true reality of what worship is. When you've been praying the word of God, you come in charged up with illumination of light. I have a confidence that I've heard from God. Words change you. 
Every time you walk somewhere and go somewhere, you are clothed with the words of your mouth based on the inheritance that you have. Watch this. Stamped with the promise. Stamped with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now here it comes. Watch this word. As the guarantee of your purchase. The guarantee. The word earnest. If you ever bought a house and and you didn't pay cash off for it, you put down a deposit. It was called a security deposit. An earnest deposit of proof that you will pay for it. So the moment you sign the paperwork, guess what? You call it. I got my house. I got my house. But all you did was put the down payment. But now you got the keys and it's your house. You take pictures of it. You invite people over. Come eat in my house. But somebody else owns that house. But they gave it to you, and you, they don't question you. Say it's yours. Tell people it's yours. Fix it up. Paint it. Knock a wall down. I don't care. It's yours. But don't forget who owns the title deed. The Holy Spirit is the title deed. He is our down payment. If the Holy Spirit is the down payment and He's this good, can you imagine when we cross over and see Him face to face? However, many aren't experiencing the benefit. They've got the purchase price. They've got the down payment, the Holy Spirit, and they've not entered the house. They're not exercising the keys. Or they've gone not into every room. Or they haven't sat down to cook in the kitchen. Or to rest in the living room. Or to sleep in the bedroom. Those rooms, I know they're over there. I know they're mine, but wait, I don't know. Am I worthy enough to go over there? Yes, 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 you are. The Holy Spirit is the down payment. And it's proof to all of hell you don't belong to them anymore. You belong to someone called Father God. And He loves you and He cares about you and He believes in you. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.